G'day and welcome to the Bernie Gainer Show, the first show for 2021. I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas and New Year's break, as good as you can have in a nation that likes to slam state borders shut in the middle of Christmas holidays, and that you're able to celebrate Australia Day earlier this week. It's great to be back with you this year. I'm sure 2021 will be just as chaotic as last year. In fact, I have a bad feeling in my bones about where it is headed already, and I'll do my very best to ride all the bumps with you as they come our way. This show has moved to a new time slot this year. It will now run earlier every week. Make sure you stay tuned and ensure that you like the Good Source social media pages to stay up to date and sign up now for emails because if we do get censored, and that is a real threat, email will be the only way we can stay in touch. If you picked up a newspaper or watched the ABC at all over the past few weeks, you could be forgiven for thinking that there is something inherently wrong with the country in which we live. Apparently, we are a nation of white supremacists who delight in nothing less than waging genocide. And if that isn't bad enough, we then run a national award system just to discriminate against women and brutalize LGBT activists. The horror of it all. It's enough to make you want to move somewhere free and enlightened, like China or North Korea. Ironically, we know Australia is evil because the taxpayer-funded ABC, the very own state-run media outlet of this nation of sin, uses its billion-dollar-a-year budget to trumpet just that. Earlier this week, the ABC decided that it would officially change the name of Australia Day to Australia Day slash Invasion Day. Yes, apparently when Captain Hook discovered Australia in 1770 or 1788 or whenever it was in that dark age before the establishment of the Australian Human Rights Commission, he came with tanks and helicopters and slaughtered the peaceful natives on the shores of Ayers Rock just because they tried to warn him about climate change. He killed them all, which is why January 26 is known as Invasion Day. And because we are just horrible, horrible people, we even named an entire town after this pirate and continue to celebrate his genocidal invasion every year. Seriously, that's pretty much the story that we're being sold. I would just like to point out that in the entire history of the universe, Australia is the very first evil empire to allow its state-owned media outlet to broadcast the fact that it is actually an evil empire. Normally, brutal dictatorships use their media outlets to run propaganda that trick the populace into believing that the dictatorship is not evil at all. But not here, no, no, no. Australia is so evil that we can afford to fritter a billion dollars a year away funding a woke state-run media outlet just so that we can feel good hating ourselves while we continue in our malevolent ways. Now, this is a good thing because without the ABC, pasty-skinned white people with green hair and facial piercings wouldn't have a platform to lecture us about how exhausting this whole Australia Day thing is. In the lead up to the 26th of January, each year, like clockwork, I can just feel this sense of exhaustion and grief coming from my community coming from within my own experiences as well it is exhausting you know what happens every year in the lead up to australia day normal people people who look out the window and see a successful nation that has been built from scratch 
and who are happy they don't have to struggle for food or shelter, and who are happy to live next door to someone from Ireland or Mexico, and who are happy to celebrate contributions people like Glenn Waters, the first Aboriginal fighter pilot, have made to making Australia great, normal people like you and me and millions of the rest of us get lectured and harangued about how evil we all are. I'm over it. It is exhausting. And that's the whole point. Perpetually unhappy and all too often taxpayer funded activists know it too, which is exactly what they want. It creates a sense of despair, fatigue and unhappiness in the entire community. People get sick of hearing highly paid, over pampered and overrated sports stars rabbit on about injustice. Australia Day is out. Welcome to countries, barefoot circles and indigenous kits this long weekend are in. Some of the injustices in society these days aren't right and the more we can educate and, and learn about it, the better. People are tired of reading how big businesses like the Townsville Bunnings, for instance, directed its staff not to wear the flag on Australia Day. Normal people just want to get on with their lives and they know if they do or say too much about this, they'll probably just get sacked. So eventually, they just give up and give in in the hope that this time, finally, the activists will go away satisfied and leave us in peace. I think most Australians feel this now about Australia Day. They know how this is going to go. The Prime Minister has already caved in on the national anthem. Instinctively, we all know now that the entire song is on borrowed time. This year, or maybe next, but definitely sometime in the not too distant future, Victoria or the Australian Capital Territory or some other woke government will grant a public holiday on January 25 to commemorate the genocide. Then the rest of the states will fall like dominoes and then Australia Day will be dropped altogether because for economic reasons, you just can't have that many public holidays. Bunnings needs to make a profit, don't you know? And then after five minutes of peace, the activists will come for the flag. In a decade's time, China could be marching through Asia and evil Australia will be tangled up in knots because we have a cross, the very symbol of white supremacy on our flag. That's where all of this is headed. We all know it, we've all seen it already. It's the same playbook as the gay marriage debate. The activists are bullies. They push because they can and no one ever pushes back. The rest of us just don't have the time or resources. And many of us, unfortunately, do not fully appreciate the attacks on our civilization. Plus, and this is the big one, there is no real conservative leadership. We saw that with Scott Morrison's pointless, arbitrary and cowardly change to the anthem. And then after that, school kids start lecturing us as well and asking for train fares so that they can join in the protest too. And school is closed because the teachers union is running the protest anyway. So we succumb as a society out of sheer fatigue. That's how it will continue until Australia as a nation decides to say no to these moronic activists. And they are moronic. They have no idea what they want. They only know that they're unhappy so the entire joint must be destroyed. Will Australia say no? I certainly hope so, but the truthful answer is, I just don't know. I used to think so, but I'm not so sure anymore. I do know that we could say no, but I just don't know if our society has the heart for it anymore. If we did, we would truly have an Australia Day to celebrate, but 
more likely than not, you just lived through one of the last Australia days. It'll limp on until the next change in government, but its future and our entire hollowed nation's future is completely uncertain after that. Well, it is just not Australia Day without more woke controversy about the Australia Day Awards. Like clockwork, every year it seems that someone is unhappy with Margaret Court. Now, for those who don't know, Margaret Court is not actually a bigot. She just thinks that marriage is between a man and a woman, which, by the way, is the only normal idea to have about marriage. She's also won more Grand Slam tennis tournaments than any other person, male or female, in history. Bizarrely, in a year when more than ever the Wokelings are complaining that women do not get enough recognition, they're also complaining that Margaret Court, who is actually a woman, should not be recognized at all. Dictator Dan, of course, led the condemnations. He's such a nice bloke. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews says he does not support tennis great Margaret Court being recognised in the Australia Day Honours List. I'm quite sick of talking about that person every summer. We finish up having this discussion in one form or another every single summer. Poor Dan. The rest of us are tired of hearing criticism of Margaret Court. He's completely worn out doing that criticism. Someone get that man a tissue. Now, I agree that more women should be recognised, but... Let's cut to the chase. The Australia Day Awards are not designed for the great contributions that most women provide this nation. There is nothing more important to Australia than loving mums who work tirelessly and without recognition to raise their children. It is a labour of love, but give a mother a gong, that's ridiculous. The Australia Day Awards are not meant for that type of woman. They're meant for other women, like Dr. Clara Tuck Meng Su. Dr. Meng Su is actually a man who claims to be a woman and he was given his gong for helping other men to pretend that they were women too. That's how you get the gender balance right on this important issue. Unfortunately, Dr. Meng Su has decided that since Margaret Court has been awarded an Order of Australia too, he'll just have to hand his back. That's what I call a win for feminism. The Australian of the Year awards have long been a joke. It is disappointing because it means that those who do deserve recognition are lumped in with the politically correct nominees for that particular year. And make no mistake about it, this year, it was all about being Indigenous. 10 of the 28 nominees for the Australian of the Year Awards, the Australian of the Year, the Young Australian of the Year, etc., had profiles that read like this. Aboriginal activist, nomadic upbringing in remote Indigenous communities. First Indigenous person appointed to the AFL executive. Powerful advocate for the health of Australia's first people. Advocate for the stolen generation, advocate for the Torres Strait communities and climate change. First Indigenous doctor, champion of Aboriginal culture. If it sounds like it was just a quota-driven job lot, that's probably because the Australia Day Awards this year were. Well, by now you all know that Joe Biden has been inaugurated as the new US president. He was busy on day one, shutting down projects that employ tens of thousands of Americans ending the ban on US funding for abortions overseas, and of course, letting trans women, that will be men, compete in women's sports. He was also, as Vogue magazine so gleefully pointed out, telling Americans to wear a damn mask. The world can breathe easy. That other dude is gone and normalcy has returned. If by normalcy, you mean hypocrisy. Because of course, not everyone has to wear a damned mask. See? 
Why weren't President Biden and all members of the Biden family masked at all times on federal lands last night if he signed an executive order that mandates masks on federal lands at all times? At the inaugural... At the Lincoln Memorial, yes. I, I think, Steve, he was celebrating uh, an evening uh, of a historic day in our country, and certainly he signed the mask mandate because it's a way to send a message to the American public. Yesterday was a historic moment in our history. He was inaugurated as President of the United States. He was surrounded by his family. We take a number of precautions, but I don't think, I think we have big, bigger issues to, to worry about at this moment in time. Ah yes, Joe Biden has bigger issues to worry about than following the orders he expects everyone else to. He's celebrating, don't you know? Plus, he's the new leader of the free world. Masks are for others. All you need to know is that Trump is gone. Just put your damn mask back on and stop asking questions. Well, it's that time again, my favorite time of the week. Goose of the week. It's where we get to laugh at the stupidity of those around us. And sometimes that's all we can do. Now, because we've just had a whole summer break, there's more than a week to go through. A lot more. It's a stellar lineup of insanity. And the power to bestow this award is all yours. Let me know who should win the first Goose of the Week for 2021 by leaving a comment with your vote for the winner. Use your power wisely, my friends. The first nominee is David Pocock, the wokest man to ever play rugby for Australia. David Pocock played for Australia 78 times, jet-setting around the world while earning millions of dollars to chase a boy a ball around the field. Good for him, I say, although it should be noted, David Pocock does not know what it is like to win a Blitterslow Cup. However, this highly paid rugby player is not so worried about that. He's more worried about climate change, telling The Guardian Australia this week that we're cooked. Pocock warned that climate change would have a devastating impact on sport if climate change in action continued. Floods, heatwaves, fires, rising sea levels might mean that Australia never wins the Bledisloe Cup again. It could be gone forever. So I guess David Pocock means the rest of us should go without meat and leave the aircon off so future rugby millionaires can fly here, there and everywhere and do their thing. What a loser. What a goose. The next nominee is Chris Bowen. Over the Christmas break, he got to play the opposition leader and the power just seemed to go straight to his head, just like a little dictatorial gander. This is what Chris Bowen said. The acting prime minister spout the words, all lives matter. To diminish the Black Lives Matter movement was beyond disgusting. Yes, according to Chris Bowen, suggesting that all lives matter is just, well, there are no words. It's outrageous, disgusting, beyond the pale. What a goose. Just to show that this is not some politically partisan hackathon, the final nominee is our very own Prime Minister. Yes, on the very first day of the year, Scott Morrison staked his claim at being the biggest goose for the entirety of 2021, unilaterally deciding to change the words of our national anthem. This is gone in place of this. For we are one and free. To recognise a 60,000 year Indigenous history. We live in a timeless land of ancient First Nations peoples. ScoMo apparently thought that he'd beat the annual Australia Day beat up by throwing the whinging class a bone to shut them all up. And 
it worked so well. Do you believe that the changing of the wording in the national anthem was not enough? Uh, look, I think it was a step in the right direction. I've had discussions with uh, Minister Wyatt actually about further changes to the anthem. Scott Morrison, what an appeasing goose. Let me know out of these three worthy nominees who should be crowned the craziest of the week. David Pocock, the jet-setting climate activist, Chris Bowen for having the courage to admit out loud that he does not think all lives matter. Or Scott Morrison for throwing fuel on the fire to destroy our national anthem. The winner will be announced next week depending on your votes. That's all from me. Stay tuned to The Good Source for the latest conservative commentary and make sure to watch Lowell Shelton's interview with Mark Latham. It's sure to send the Woke Brigade absolutely nuts. And don't forget to sign up for our emails. Finally, we are looking to improve the production set with new lights. If you can donate to a help, please go to goodsource.news forward slash donate. See you next week. The Bernard Gaynor Show is a production of The Good Source, hosted by Bernard Gaynor. To watch, listen to, or read more content without the SJWPC fact filter, visit goodsource.news, good S-A-U-C-E dot news. Become a Good Source supporter for exclusive access to live and unedited interview recordings, including the conversations before and after the show. 